1: Welcome to First Bite, the Pride of Detroit Detroit Lions preview podcast, where we look at the Detroit Lions upcoming matchup, break it all down, and use the uh, opponent's point of view to to figure out what's going to happen on Sunday. And we're never wrong, so uh, this is this is valuable information for you, the listener. By the way, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. I'm your host for First Bite, and with me this week is Ryan Matthews at ryan underscore pod co-hosting this week again ryan how are you doing tonight i'm doing phenomenal i'm I, i've officially gone back to back now
2: you have and so and have I, the lions and, and so have the lions look at that well wait what do you count the first one is that like a half a back or <laughs>
1: uh well yeah sure half okay. half a back to back to back sounds good, good to me all right, and giving us the opponent's point of view and, of course, the Lions, week four, playing the Kansas City Chiefs in a battle of unbeatens, we've got Ron Cop over at Arrowhead Pride with us tonight. He's at Ron underscore Cop on Twitter. Ron, how are you doing tonight?
3: I'm doing good. How about you guys?
1: Very, very good. Very excited for this matchup this week. Uh, I'm not sure anyone assumed this was going to be the week four matchup of the week. Not, not necessarily that it is, but it's a battle of undefeateds. Uh, and it's a, a, a an opponent that neither team really gets to see that all all that often. Only four times, uh, once every four years, I should say. Um, but definitely uh, an intriguing one this week. And and I want to jump right into it, Ron. Let's talk the the Chiefs' off season since we're still pretty close to the off season. Um, I, I I've never seen an off season so clear in its uh, in its goal. And we we've we talked to other guys in, in previous weeks, and it seems like. The Chargers kind of stood pat a little bit. The Eagles kind of stood pat. The Chiefs did not stand pat this offseason. They knew their defense was not so good last year, and they went all out to fix it, getting a new defensive coordinator, getting a whole new slew of defensive players. Um, why don't you just kind of recap it for me? What what was the goal specifically with this defense this this offseason? Was it to improve the pass defense, the run defense, everything, just overhaul everything? Um, and, and how has it worked so far?
3: Yeah, well, when you have a performance like last season from the defense, I mean, something has to change. Uh, Most Steve's fans would agree that it was a little overdue. Um, Mm -hmm. Bob Sutton needed to go. So brought in Steve Spagnuolo after a year of him just being off, uh, not doing anything, comes in, brings his 4-3 defense. Um, So we sign, you know, Alex Okafor, Tyron Matthew, Damien Wilson, Bashad Breeland, and Darren Lee. That's a. Those are all contributing defenders. And, you know, uh, that's a pretty big overhaul for a contender. You don't really see that much in the NFL. You know, a team that went to the AFC Championship was one play away, really, from going to the Super Bowl. Completely overhauling their defense. And, yeah, they brought in those three agents and also made a, a blockbuster move, trading their first-round pick away, getting Frank Clark, paying him the big money. Um, so, yeah, I mean, our we have you know, half of our defense new starters, um, mostly, you know, in the front seven, uh, also, you know, a couple in the secondary as well. And yeah, I know the defense, uh, so far it's it's been looking good in the off season. Um so and then we got the draft picks, uh, to contribute to the defense. Juan Thornhill, the safety from Virginia, we picked him in the second round. He's been the starter from day one, uh from week one. He wasn't the starter in the preseason. Uh, Daniel Sorensen, the veteran safety, was kind of playing over him for a little bit. But, yeah, Thornhill's in now. So, yeah, this defense is overhauled. Uh, it's Steve Spagnuolo's uh, vision, what he wants to do, you know, he's an aggressive guy. He wants to, He wants to, you know, throw pressure packages in different ways. And he's definitely got that uh, personnel with Frank Clark, mm-hmm. Okafor, Chris Jones in the middle. And so, yeah, he's been getting creative so far with that.
2: Well, it, it's interesting we start with the defense because it seems like the only story that anybody any wants anybody wants to talk about is the Chiefs offense. And I am, first and foremost, uh, to all respects to you, Ron, I'm the biggest Patrick Mahomes fan that there is in the entire world. <laughs> um, I actually, even in our Lions preseason predictions, where I usually take a magic eight ball and I ask really silly questions, but I even offered uh, to one day maybe legally let Patrick Mahomes adopt me, but I don't know if you can (laughs) adopt somebody who's older than you. I don't know what that, I don't know what that means. But anyways, so let's talk about the chief's offense, right? So, I mean, this is where, I mean, we, we, we unearthed a little stat today at pride of Detroit, the chiefs with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback has never scored less than 26 points. Wow. Right. And then, yeah, losing, losing a guy like Kareem hunt, I think that there are maybe some question marks about whether or not the offense would be as uh, quite as electric, quite as effective, quite as efficient. I think all of those doubts have been silenced. How have the chiefs been able to maintain that type of electric play on offense so far this season?
3: Well, it's going to sound crazy, but all off season, you know, in training camp, you know, we're watching Mahomes throw it around. We're kind of saying, Hey, he- he looks better than he did last year, uh, and you know it's kind of said tongue in cheek. You know, you know maybe you know we're kind of joking around when we say it, but hey, he's coming out. I mean, I I do believe he's playing better than he did last year, and he's still leaving some plays on the field. You know, he's not perfect. He's missing some throws, but it's really Mahomes. I mean, he's playing at an MVP level. Um, he did not drop off at all. There's no regression at all. I mean, statistically, maybe a little bit um in some areas but yeah Mahomes is playing great and I think him and Andy Reid they're just a perfect marriage I mean they just they understand each other they're always bouncing ideas off each other um yeah and he, and you can tell Andy loves having a quarterback like Mahomes and he's just giddy you know he's just yeah he's he's excited to have Mahomes and they've really been connecting well and you can see it on the field obviously
1: yeah and it's it's interesting you say all that because Matt Patricia this week said uh he, he he's noticed pretty much the same thing that Mahomes actually looks better this year. He looks like he's more comfortable in the pocket and and like you said statistically speaking he looks even better. He's he's I think his passer rating is 20 points higher than it was last year. It's like 134 or something crazy like that so far. Sammy Watkins, let's talk about him for a second. He's the number 2 wide receiver in the NFL right now, with 311 yards. He's finally the guy that Lions fans fell in love with. In, in draft season, um, what what has it been with Sammy Watkins that has kind of been a revelation this year? Is it just is it health? Is it that you know just developing a chemistry? Um, what's made him so special? Is is it the fit in this offense?
3: You know, it's definitely a little of everything you said. Uh, one interesting thing about Sammy this off season, he preached to the media uh, whenever he had the chance. Uh, he trained different this year. He's feeling better. It's a you know he feels like a different person. I guess uh, there were some uh, different training methods he did uh, that he, he used to really work on just uh, leg stuff and really just making sure his foot doesn't get injured again because that's really been the recurring injury for him. Um, but yeah, he's 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 proven that uh, he's he's been right this off season saying that uh, things are different. Um, he looks. Faster, uh, straight ahead speed, but also just quicker in his cuts. I mean, his cuts look dangerous. I mean, he's making defenders look silly. And, I mean, you saw it that first week. I mean, you're going against one of the better secondaries in the league, and he tore him up, you know, without Tyreek taking away uh, targets from him. Yeah, he slowed down a little bit the past couple games, but uh, I would not say it's because, you know, of him. I think the offense is just kind of getting the ball to the spread of receivers. But, yeah, he's playing super well. I'm I'm really impressed, and I think it's the best he's looked as an NFL player in his entire career. I,
2: I think the one last question that I have about the offense, because I'm obviously most enamored with this, because we have my my big my big beautiful boy Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. under center. But I, I think this is kind of a connection that I'm drawing to the Lions themselves. Is the Lions have really kind of spread the attack around each week? First week it was T.J. Hawkinson. Second week, you know, the Lions got a little bit balance, but it was the Kenny Galladay show. And then the third week it was Marvin Jones. So what the one thing that the Lions really haven't been able to do. And the one thing that they want to do on offense is establish the run and carry on. Johnson's kind of had a slow start. The offensive line seems like it's tr- still trying to kind of gel together as one unit. What about the chiefs running game? You know, they lost Kareem hunt. They went into the season with Damien Williams. And then all of a sudden, LaShawn McCoy was a late cut in camp added to the team. What, what's going on with the Chiefs' offense in terms of their, their, their ability to run the football?
3: Well, you know, it's funny. I just kind of wrote about this yesterday. Um, they are running at a yards-per-attempt rate, uh, the worst Andy Reid has had in his seven-year career as a Chiefs coach. 3.8 yards per carry. I think it's 23rd in the league. And you can see it. I mean, they're, it's not as effective as it was in previous years. Um, I don't think it's necessarily because of talent. Uh, you mentioned before losing Kareem. I don't think that was a huge loss. Um, he's a great running back, don't get me wrong, but Andy Reid just knows how to scheme around that. But, yeah, you mentioned LaShawn McCoy. He has been a great pickup. I mean, I can't believe some fans were questioning that decision. You know, I, I know he, you know he's not what he used to be, but, geez, I mean, you see those cuts, you see his speed still, his um, just vision. I mean, the vision he's had on zone runs, just hitting the seam and going, it's been really impressive. And honestly, I think he might take over the lead at running back uh, sooner than later. I think Damien Williams might get, you know, become more of a complimentary back, especially with the uh, rise of rookie Darwin Thompson. He hasn't got much show in the regular season so far, but he did flash in the preseason. You know, he's a he's he's a receiving back. You know, he's going to make you miss an open field. And also, Daryl Williams, he had a great game against Baltimore. I think he was one of the, he had like a, on a run, he was one of the fastest miles per hour wise. I think next gen stats at that, which I was totally surprised about. I think he ran, ran a four, seven forty when he was coming out. Huh. Um, yeah. This running back core, uh, you know, losing Kareem, you know, I think, I think most Chiefs fans I forgot about. It, and I think the staff has too, this running back core is looking good.
1: There's just so much speed on that offense at every position. It, it's hard to imagine any team being able to stop it, which, Pretty much has happened. No one has been able to stop them. But I want to. I want to move back to the defense here. Um, you guys lose Eric Berry this off season. Um, who has kind of emerged as the leader of the defense so far? And um, we'll, we'll get to some of the struggles they have in a minute. But I, I'm just wondering who who's like the one guy on that defense that everyone needs to pay attention to.
3: Well, I will give you two guys, and it is the two big signings from this off season: uh, Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew. You know, you go out to training camp, you saw them. They were vocal. You know, they were making players better. Um, they were really just leading by example, leading by, uh, you know, voc- like I said, vocal. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're playing, you know, Frank Clark has not been as pr- productive as, you know, most people would like from a guy that just signed that big of a contract this off season. But he was definitely making a big impact on the game. He's drawing double teams, even triple teams sometimes, opening up uh, pass rushing for other pass rushers. So, yeah, I'd definitely say the, the vocal leaders, the leaders in the locker room for the defense on the personnel side, the player side at least, Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew, they're really embracing that role.
1: And let, let's get to the elephant in the room here, the the one Achilles heel, I, I would say, of this Chiefs team in general, the run defense. They're giving up 6.2 yards per carry. That's worst in the league. They got their 32nd in run defense DVOA. Logic has it that the way to stop the Chiefs is to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, and the way to do that is run the ball. And so the fact that this seems like a big Achilles heel, and teams have tried it a little bit, but the Chiefs are still winning, how does that manage to work? And 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 what's going wrong with the run defense? Is it a big concern of yours, since they're still winning anyways?
3: You know, I, I would say it is a concern, a big concern. But like you said, it, it doesn't seem like teams that want to, you know, use that game plan of keeping the homes off the field and turning up time of possession, it just doesn't seem to work. Um, for whatever reason, um, you know, the Ravens tried to do that this past weekend, and, you know, it was a close final score, but the score was 30-13 to 13 at one point. You know, there were some very uh, lucky plays uh, down the stretch that kind of got it close. I wouldn't say lucky, I guess. The, you know, Chiefs defense just needs to make some plays. But, yeah, the run defense – it's just, it's shaky. Um, You know, Chris Jones, he's a great player, but he tends to go rogue on run plays, just kind of leave his gap to make a, you know, make his own play. And it kind of, you know, leaves a wide open gap. And, you know, uh, the linebackers have been playing well, it looks like at least, you know, Hitchens and Wilson, I think they've been, they've been impressive to me, but it just doesn't seem like it's resulting to, uh, you know, good yards per carry numbers. And yeah, it's, They've definitely been run on this year, but hey, hasn't mattered yet. And I'm hoping that uh, we keep masking it with this offense.
1: All right. I think it's time to move to the injury report. It's Wednesday when we're recording this. So we're just getting the initial injury reports here. Um, there's really only a couple that I want to focus on this, this week. The the uh, the Chiefs had three guys miss Wednesday's practice. So let's start with Eric Fisher, the left tackle there. Um Obviously, I think the strength of this Chiefs offensive line is maybe on the right side. Mitchell Schwartz is, is having a heck of a career. But what does the loss of Eric Fisher mean if he can't go today? And how did uh, his backup play last week?
3: So, yeah, Fisher, he had core surgery. Up for a little bit. So they are throwing in Cam Irving. Uh, if you guys remember, first-round mm-hmm. pick for the Cleveland Browns uh, four years ago, I think. Um, yeah, he, he started at left guard most of the season last year. Um and he he you know he probably was about average maybe a little below average at that position, Um, but now we have Andrew Wiley in there. So Irving's playing left tackle filling in for Fisher. Um, you know that first week against the Raiders, uh, you know his pro football focus had him as a really high passing block grade and a really low run blocking grade, and you could see it in the film. Uh, he definitely was protecting the homes pretty well, more impressively than I would have thought. And then yeah, this past this past weekend. He gave up a few pressures, but I didn't think he was as bad as some people are making him out to be. I think he's actually been filling in pretty well, but nothing compares to Fisher. Uh, he's just been a, a solid player on that left side and protecting Mahomes' blind side. We definitely need him back sooner than later.
2: And And the one other injury that it seems like the Chiefs Obviously, are able to kind of work their way through without even a hiccup because they have players who are playing to the level that they are. Like Sammy Watkins, we haven't even really talked about Nicole Hardman, who is one of my one of my guys that I told all of my buddies who I wasn't in fantasy football leagues with to draft, and is clearly producing at a, at a level that uh, is no shock for a for an Andy Reid offense. But the loss of Tyreek Hill for you know a few weeks is that is that something that the Chiefs are really feeling the effect of, or are they able to kind of just move on without a hitch, like I mentioned?
3: Well, I do think they're feeling the effect of it. Um, you see, it—you saw it in the Oakland game. I mean, we scored all those points in one quarter, but we were shut out for the other three quarters of the game. <laughs> um, I think Tyreek's just overall ability. I mean, not only is he a deep setter anymore, he's just a great receiver overall. Uh, he can go catch a contested catch, all that. I mean, yeah, I, I think they're really missing him but I think Andy Regis is doing a great job of game planning, uh, getting McCole Hardman Hardman uh, in situations where he doesn't really need to be the greatest receiver. He just needs to be someone who gets the ball in his hands and runs fast the other way. Um, you know, he's he, he ran some good routes for sure on those deep posts against Oakland, but like this last weekend, that touchdown he had, I mean, just, he had no one around him just caught it and sprinted. He didn't even tuck the ball away. He just, uh, held it like a like a baseball or something. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I think they they definitely want him back, you know, obviously, you know, they're missing him. But I think McCole Hardman is coming along a lot faster than most people would have assumed. And uh, that speed is for real. He is he, – I mentioned it in uh, an, an article earlier. I think he looks like a rookie year, Tiger Kill. Maybe not the same dynamicism. I mean, Tiger Kill, as soon as he came in the league, was – special but he just he looks like that speedy guy that doesn't really have it quite yet as a receiver but he'll get it down i'm sure working with andy Reed and Mahomes, and he's just going to keep getting better and better
1: all right that will do it for the injury report we're going to take a break here and when we come back we're going to talk about this specific matchup and how each team will counter each other this week will we get in a shootout will we get into one of those weird low scoring like super bowlish games we'll see when we come back on first fight
4: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Welcome back to First Bite, our preview Detroit Lions podcast for SB Nation's Pride of Detroit. We're here with Ron Kopp from Arrowhead Pride, giving us the lowdown of the Kansas City Chiefs for this week's matchup, Sunday at 1 p.m., at Ford Field, if you're going to the game, guys, be loud, be proud, because this team's undefeated in week four, and we don't, we don't get that very often, uh, an unde- a battle of undefeateds in week four, so enjoy that, but let's get into the matchup again here. Um, Ron, I want to talk about a specific game, and it's probably not a game you're eager to talk about too much, but I want to go back to the the AFC Championship game in 2018, Patriots versus Chiefs. Obviously, the Patriots win that game in overtime, but I feel like it's an important data point for this game. Um, I want to know basically how the Patriots defense did in this game. I mean, obviously, I think they gave up, what, 31 points, so it's not like they completely stopped Patrick Mahomes or anything, Um, but obviously, the Lions are going to be bringing a a similar type of defense to this matchup. Um, How do you see that working out based on how things worked out uh, back in January?
3: Well, Andy Reid definitely has a good history going against Bill Belichick defenses. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just go back to, I think, the last three regular season matchups have all been 40-plus points by the Chiefs. Um, So, you see that history, and then you look at the AFC Championship game, offense gets shut out in the first half. Not a single point. uh, Couldn't really get anything going. Um, That definitely had something to do with Tom Brady being able to just control the clock and keep the ball away from the homes in the offense, but you saw in the second half they made adjustments. They even admitted it uh, in the media. They have admitted it since in the media that, you know, they they should have adjusted earlier. Um, you know, they were just taking away stuff. Bill Belichick was at least. And uh, once they made the adjustments, though, they were just as explosive as ever, you know, putting up 31 points in the second half, or 30 points, excuse me. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited for this matchup coming up with Detroit. Uh you know, as a Chiefs fan, if it's going to be a similar Patriots defense, I'm pretty confident in Andy Reid being able to scheme up against them and, you know, execute what he's got to execute. But, uh, you know, either way, uh, it's going to be a tough defense knowing, you know, Bill Belichick's defenses are good. And, you know, I'm sure Patricia has brought that over to Detroit. It seems like it at least this year. He's brought it over with some good defensive performances so far. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this matchup. Offense, Chiefs, versus blinds, defense.
1: Yeah, and, and it's kind of an interesting matchup in that I think a lot of people, in, including myself, look to the Lions-Rams game last year. You know, there's this unstoppable force in Jared Goff and Sean McVay coming to town against a lowly Lions team that's kind of on their last leg. The Lions obviously don't end up winning that game, but they, they put up a pretty good defensive performance and one that uh, Bill Belichick even admitted he, he kind of used when they played the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, so it's kind of interesting to note that the, the, the Patriots defense kind of had the Chiefs number for that first half. Um, you kind of wonder if maybe Matt Patricia comes out with a good game plan this week. The question is, how long will it hold up? Because like, as you mentioned, the Chiefs kind of got the, the Patriots number there in the second half. Um, Ryan, wh- what are you looking for out of this Lions defense in, in terms of any way to potentially stop Patrick Mahomes? Because if there is a way to do it, I'm not sure anyone has seen it yet.
2: I, I wish there were an answer and it's not just because I'm so infatuated with the man, but I I'm really wondering what the lions can do. And, and I think from what I was able to glean from watching the Philly game and seeing some of the stuff that, you know, our own website has put out Andrew Cotto. Um, you know, he, he did, he did work on the offensive side of the ball, but, uh, Looking at the Lions defense specifically, it seems like the the secondary is in a really good spot, right? The secondary is, what, third in the NFL in pass breakups? Yep. Rashawn Melvin has fit in really well into the secondary. Justin Coleman seems like he's really just worth every single dollar that the Lions had spent on him. And and I know we're only three weeks into the season, but we're allowed to speak in hyperboles because the Lions are (laughs) 2-0-1. But one of the guys who has drawn a lot of ire so far has been Trey flowers and it's been the defensive line. And we've kind of talked about this on the podcast a little bit is their inability to really generate any pressure. Now, whether or not Deshaun hand is going to be back this week, he was at least doing a little bit of practicing today on Wednesday Um, in terms of things that were available to the media. But I think if there's one way to maybe, <laughs> maybe, Stop Patrick Mahomes is to put pressure on him because I think that that's really the recipe to stopping any quarterback. Mm-hmm. And and if there was anything the Lions made a concerted effort to do this off season, it was to improve their defense and specifically going out and signing a guy like Trey Flowers, who seems like he's slowly working himself back into game shape after being on the pup for a little for a little bit, you know, missing some time in training camp and you know, effectively like not doing a whole lot in the preseason. You have that going on with Snacks Harrison, too. And, you know, Aishon Robinson has kind of been like the Lions' best defensive lineman, I think, so, you know, through, through three weeks. And I think that once, once those guys kind of work themselves into play shape, hopefully it's week four because if there's going to be a way to stop Patty Mahomes, I think it's going to be by, by way of the pass rush. I don't know. Ron, what do you think? Oh, I, don't, tell I totally tell us, agree. I how to beat Patrick
1: Mahomes. <laughs> you have 10 <laughs> seconds.
3: No, I, I I totally I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, you know, if if there's going to be a way to get to Mahomes, you gotta you gotta pressure him. It's, I don't know. They, him, and Andy Reid have been proven to pick apart coverages, but you know, you can't pick apart coverage if there's a defender in your face. So, uh, yeah, get getting to the getting to Mahomes is definitely going to be the key for you guys. And hey, you know, we have a backup left tackle in the game. You guys have a couple good edge rushers coming off the edge for you guys. So, I I definitely think it's a worry for the Chiefs. Um, I think you guys could definitely are could uh, able to get pressure on the homes. Uh, our interior line is young uh, besides the right guard, uh, the Canadian, the Canadian doctor. Uh, mm-hmm. The left guard and center are both young guys, uh, both second-year players. Um, I believe they were both either late draft picks or undrafted free agents. And, you know, they've been good for us so far, but they definitely have their weaknesses. So. With that loaded interior line you guys got as well, I I definitely think there's a way you guys can get to Mahomes, and I think it should be a, a point of concern for reading the offense this week when they're game planning.
2: And, and Jeremy, don't you think that the Lions' defense, if they're going to struggle any any sort of way, it's going to be thinking that, and maybe not thinking that, but um, maybe relying on some of the ways that they were able to generate quote unquote pass rush in, in previous weeks. It was really a lot of like coverage sacks. Yeah. And well, yeah. I, I'm a little bit worried that going into this week, like you know, Ronna just mentioned, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, they're going to figure out ways to beat coverage. And uh, I'm concerned about that going into this game.
1: Yeah, and you absolutely should be with basically any game plan against Patrick Mahomes. And I think we always kind of with Matt Patricia specifically, we talk about his plan to contain over pressure sometimes. And I think this is a game in which you might see that, unfortunately. <laughs> It might get frustrating for Lions fans because you want to also contain Patrick Mahomes because he's just as dangerous with his feet as, as Matt Patricia said this week. He's just as dangerous out of the pocket and crazy accurate out of the pocket. So I think the Lions are just gonna kind of gonna want to keep him contained in in the pocket, and that means getting pressure up the front. And that leads me to my next point, which is the Lions have two key injuries on defense this week that could very much impact this matchup. The first being Mike Daniels one of the guys that could bring some of that pressure up the middle. Deshaun Hand kind of plays into that as well. We're still not sure his factor in this game, but um, we need to talk Darius Slay because uh, left last game with uh, a hamstring injury and uh, I would say questionable at at best this week, uh, limited in practice. I mean, you talk about all the speed on this Kansas City offense – Darius Slay is is one of the few guys outside of maybe Justin Coleman, as we talked about a little bit earlier, that has the speed that potentially to keep up with him. But even if Darius Slay can go, I think a hamstring injury is just about the worst kind of injury you could be that could be lingering against this Chiefs offense. Am I am I right?
3: Oh yeah, definitely. I I I honestly did not realize he had a hamstring injury. Uh I was yeah, I was looking forward to a Darius Slay versus Sammy Watkins. Uh, I don't know if he travels uh, particularly with the number one receiver, um, he does but yeah, time, yeah, I mean, he does. Yeah, so yeah, that's a big loss or a big, you know, if he if he plays, that's still a big uh, hampering to the defense. Um, and I'm sure Andy Reid is looking at that and uh, seeing what how he can what he can do to take advantage of a uh, hobbled corner. But either way, I mean, Slay is such a good player. Um, I'm sure he'll he'll find a way to. Still make a big impact on the game in a positive way for the Lions.
1: Yeah, and, and we've seen him kind of battle through injuries there out on the field. He doesn't miss a lot of games, but we do see him kind of fight through injuries a lot. I'm just interested to see if, if the hamstring injury is, is going to bother him enough where you know, he's a half step behind where he would normally be. And in that case, a half step is, is everything against Patrick Mahomes, who you give an inch, he'll take a mile let's 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 stop talking about Patrick Mahomes sorry Ryan why Uh, (laughs) because I need to talk about something that that's positive for the Lions and I think it's when that offense is on the field we've seen Daryl Bevel take this offense to a pretty good place so far and we mentioned just how vulnerable this Chiefs defense is especially in the run game Ryan do you think this is the week we finally see Kerryon Johnson break out it could
2: be. If you take a look at Pro Football focuses, season grades, Casey's run defense: uh, sixty-seven point nine against Jacksonville, fifty-five point eight against Oakland, and then twenty-nine point one against the Ravens. Now, the Ravens, I mean, are kind of predicated on this on this ground attack that they have with you know Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson's very mobile. Is there any reason, Ron, for us to believe that this could be the game where we get? carry on Johnson. I know that he carry on Johnson took to Twitter and made a little joke about how he keeps on facing like, eight-man uh, yeah. eight man boxes. Yeah. Like he faces them at this like high crazy, like percentage. And, uh, I mean, do you think that the chiefs are going to try to stifle up the lions run game? Do you see carry on Johnson potentially maybe having a, a game against the lion or a game against the chiefs?
3: You know, uh, speaking of that eight man box statistic, um, I, could not imagine Stagnolo would think it's a good idea to stack the box, especially with the two receivers you guys have in the matchup with our uh, weak corners. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think Caron could have a big game. Um, he's a talented back. I mean, I, I like him coming out of college at Auburn. And he's, he's shown the flashes and stuff. But like you said, you know, there's not much you can do when you're going against a loaded box. And, yeah, the, and, hey, you mentioned the Chiefs stats in the run defense. Has not been good. Has not looked good. Um, I mean, you know, no matter who we played. I mean, the Raiders tore us up pretty good in the run de- in the run game as well. Um, yeah, I I definitely think Carry On could have a big game, and I think that would just set up the pass for uh, Jones, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay against these weak corners. If you want me to go into <laughs> the uh, the I think a, a uneven matchup in that aspect of the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, a a quick raw statistic look: Jaguars eighty-one rushing yarns in the first week. Raiders put up one hundred twenty-nine the second week, and then two hundred three from the Ravens in the third week. So, definitely looks like it could be trending in the way for a good day for Carry On Johnson on Sunday.
1: Yep, and and as we mentioned, this this that seems like the smart route to go against Patrick Mahomes' offense is to keep him off the field with the run game, and and also if if they do have weak corners, as uh, as Ron was saying. Play action. We know that Matthew Stafford has been really good at this year, so if they can get some runs going, get the the Chiefs defense to commit a little bit to that run, throw over the top. TJ Hawkinson could have a big game. Marvin Jones could have a big game. Like, Like you said, they have so many weapons on offense. I think this has the makings of a shootout. We might have a shootout on our hands, so let's jump in right now to our prediction segment, which we call The One Thing We Think We Know, where we predict something, doesn't have to be the score, doesn't have to be the outcome, but just one thing we think we're going to happen. I've been terrible at this. I don't know if anyone's keeping track at home, but I've been terrible at this each week. So someone else has to go first because I'm bad at this. Who, who wants to go first?
2: I'm gonna go first. And okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I'm gonna go first. Yeah. Because I was right last week. I told you that the Lions and Eagles were gonna hit the over, and they did.
1: Good job. Thank you. Bo- Bo- Thank Bo- you. Ryan, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah,
2: excuse you. So Here's one thing that I think I know about this week, and I don't want to piggyback too much off of the last thing that we just talked about, but I think that this is a game where carry Johnson crosses over that century or that, that 100 yard mark. If he rushes for a thousand yards in this game, he's the greatest running back of all time, <laughs> but if he crosses 100 yards, which is a mark that even lions fans for so long, were just waiting for their running back to cross over. Uh, it would, it would go a long ways, I think, towards winning this football game. I think that if you see Carryon Johnson rush for over a hundred yards in this game, here's what I'm going to double down and say: if Carryon Johnson runs for a hundred yards or more in this football game, the Lions will win this football game.
1: Okay. So you are you predicting both of those things will happen? Then I'm saying that they are contingent upon one another, and I am. <laughs> Going to triple
2: down and say that
1: it does happen.
2: Oh, okay. Wow.
1: Whoa. <laughs> Woo. Wow. Okay. Oh if goodness. you go two in a row this week, if you go back to back, half half back to back to back, you're gonna be very <laughs> <laughs> going to be very impressed.
2: I'm done making predictions if I get this right. <laughs> I'm moving to Vegas and I'm waiting for the higher. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, Ron. Uh, why don't you give us something that's going to. Make Lions fans sad sad now. You don't actually have to do that. (laughs) Why don't you tell us the one thing you think you know about this matchup?
2: Please do it. Please ground us in reality.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, it's too easy to say something about the offense at this point. Um, It's pretty, you know, the offense is probably going to play well. I mean, I I agree with you guys. I think it's going to be a a shootout. Um, But I I have faith in the Chiefs. And my prediction for this week, you know, Tyron Matthew, he's been – Slowly but surely, getting more involved, getting closer to the ball, uh, looking like the honey badger uh, of old. Um, look, some Chiefs fans have been a little upset uh, at his play this season because he hasn't made any, you know, big plays. But no. last week against Baltimore, he had two plays where it looked like he had an interception. Uh, they were they were hard picks. No, don't get me wrong, but he, he probably could have caught them. You could see by his reaction he should have. I'm predicting Tyron Matthew forces at least one turnover, and makes a few, just a few big plays in the game. He looks like he's really coming into his own, really, un, like, in the defense. You know, he's already a great player, but I think he's getting more and more comfortable with Spagnolo's defense. And I think we're going to see a, a, a big game from him, a big impactful game, and I think he gets his first turnover force of the year.
1: All right, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. My one thing that I think I know is that TJ Hawkinson is going to turn heads again, finally, after basically doing nothing the last two weeks. Uh, You look at the leading receivers in the last two games against the Chiefs Nick Boyle from the Ravens, Darren Walker from the Raiders. I think it's TJ Hawkinson this week. I think he crosses over 100 yards again, and people start talking about him in the rookie of the year race again. That's what I got. That's all we got. Now, before we go, I got to give Ron uh, an opportunity to, to promote his stuff. Ron, where can the people find you? What sort of stuff do you guys have going on at Arrowhead Pride this week?
3: Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, at Ron underscore Cop, K-O-P-P. Uh, Twitter for Arrowhead Pride, at Arrowhead Pride. Uh, yeah, it was just, if, if you want some perspective from the opponent this week, we're going to have plenty of stuff coming out, just previewing the game. Uh, looking at the matchups like we kind of just talked about today. I'm sure there will be some talk about the Lions receiver, receiving core against our cornerbacks. Uh, we didn't really touch on it too much, but I think that's going to be a pretty big mismatch, uh, especially the way the cornerbacks played last week against a, a lot, you know, weaker receiving core in Baltimore. Uh, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are beasts. Um, so I'm not looking forward to that, but yeah, Arrowhead Pride, check us out. Um, but, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for joining us, Ron Cobb. Yeah, thanks, Ron. Ron. Ryan, thank you for joining us again, as always, as, as oh, most yeah. times. Hey. <laughs> hey, it's, hey. It's firm, but fair. And thank you guys for all listening, and we will see you. Remember, our podcasts are now live on Twitch, twitch.tv, slash Pride of Detroit, Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll have all your post-game coverage of this game. We'll have all your reactions, and then – we got bye week next week, so you won't get a first bite. So you better savor this, listeners. I'm looking right at you right now, even though this is a visual medium. This is not a visual medium. You savor this. And we'll see you on Monday. On Sunday. You adequate host. Dang it! Good night, everybody. Or good morning.